Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Friday, and I'm going solo once again. No Grifka, no problem though. We are uh, here today. We got some Lions topics to talk about here off the top, and then we're also going to get into another Kool Aid Rewind where uh, I got a chance to look back at the uh, San Francisco game from 2018 season. Kind of took some notes on that game and just going to run through that with you guys uh, now that we're kind of looking back at the season that was before we move forward into free agency draft, all that good stuff. So um, let me hit you right off the top again, normally where we do our news and notes. I mean, I'm just going to throw a few things out here. Like, if you guys haven't seen Big Play Slay mic'd up at the Pro Bowl, I mean, this is must-see TV right here. I mean, this guy has, like, a GoPro on his chest. He's got a live microphone just going around, like, just being Darius Slay with everybody there, being super funny, uh, super cool across the board. So I just thought that was tremendous. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube or at DetroitLions.com. So uh, that's good stuff. Big play Slay. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better guy. Uh, he's really turned into a, a heck of a football player and a top corner in this league, which, you know, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody out there. I mean, when they drafted him, it's just getting into my draft prep back in those days, and uh, he wasn't a, very high on my list. I was surprised they took him in the top of the second round there. And the first year, I remember, didn't really do much, wasn't playing a ton, you know, wasn't a big fan. And again, this is one that Grifka got right. I mean, he, uh, from the get-go, was kind of saying he thought Slay would be good. He started to slowly make plays, and I kind of kept saying, man, you know, he's getting better, he's decent, but he doesn't make big plays, and his name is Big Play Slay. I mean, he wasn't getting picks, he wasn't scoring touchdowns. Um, he was just playing pretty solid out there on the outside. But in the last few years, I mean, he's really started to turn up the turnovers and uh you know, really living up to that nickname and playing great. And the more he gets on the mic, I mean, just hilarious. I remember, I think it was like last year, 97-1, playing a game called What Did Slay Say? And it was just these clips from his interviews where he's just going on saying these hilarious things and you can't even make out what he's saying uh, just with his uh, funny vibe and accent and stuff that he has. So that was, that was tremendous. But Slay, keep doing your thing, man. It's just... Um, great TV to see you uh, interviewing people and just having a blast down at the Pro Bowl repping the Lions. So just want to hit that off the top. Um, as all of you know, I mean, the Senior Bowl is going on right now. That's kind of like the first part of the whole draft prep process after college football ends. You know, all the best seniors that they're able to get go down to Mobile there and uh, have I think it's three live practices, you know, the game on Saturday, that type of thing. So I've been uh, keeping up with it, watching it as I can, and uh, looking to dive in a little deeper the next couple of days, catch the game on Saturday. And then what I'm hoping 
is I'm either going to try to come at you with a bonus podcast, either over the weekend, kind of recapping the Super uh, senior bowl and talking about guys I think might fit the lions um, guys that kind of jumped off the page to me, just some names to make everybody aware of that type of thing. So look for that. If I don't get to it for whatever reason this weekend, you know, that'll be something we can probably get at, uh, next week, just kind of wrap that up. But senior bowl is always a great event, great game to watch. I mean, I'd love to go down there some year if I could ever go down and just check out the senior bowl in person. But, uh, like I say, tremendous event, Looking forward to it. The Lions the last few years have always seemed to really key on these seniors and say, hey, man, we went and saw him in person. We got to interview him. Senior captains, all that type of stuff are the guys they seem to draft. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. So uh, look for that bonus show. Or uh, we'll be coming at you next week with some Senior Bowl talk. And, man, yeah, I know we're doing the, the Kool-Aid Rewinds right now. We rewatch some of these games. But trust me, all you Kool-Aid drinkers out there, we are definitely going to be diving deep into free agency, the draft, all that type of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't have too many news and notes. I mean, we got uh, Bonamago has come back as the uh, special teams coordinator. Uh, was with the Lions and went to Central Michigan. Now he's coming back to the Lions. So, you know, they must see something that they like there, that he fits what they're trying to do. So hopefully uh, they can be a bit better. You know, I don't remember too many big splash plays this year on special teams. I remember lots of penalties and lots of kind of clunky play from them. So we definitely have to get that tightened up, no doubt about it. So that's kind of the only news in regard to coaching. We've already talked about the offensive coordinator a couple weeks ago. So if you didn't hear that, go back in and listen to that show where we broke down uh, bringing in Daryl Bevel and what that could mean for the team and all that type of stuff. So with that being said... I mean, let's kind of dive right into this 49ers game now. Yesterday, um, earlier in the week, I mean, when uh, I kind of broke down, um, might have been yesterday, I can't remember. It's been a been a long week here, but we kind of um, broke down that first game against the Jets. Monday Night Football, Matt Pat coming in, you know, coming off just missing the playoffs, lots of high expectations. Um, I kind of did that one on the fly, you know, like I say, Grifka, some things came up, I kind of went solo, went off the top of my head, so might have been a little clunky, but I hope you guys uh, like just some of my basic takes and whatnot on that game. Um, what I'm going to do today is sort of similar, what I did is I watched the game, again, NFL Game Pass, 30 minute version, got out my notepad, I got all these scribble notes, um, hopefully I can read them all, I mean, I swear, uh, I don't know about you guys out there, but every year, um, because everything is tech now and everything's online, like I'm not, my handwriting's getting worse and worse because I do it less and less. So when I do have to manually write something down, I mean, it's just chicken scratch at this point. But uh, I'm going to try to just work my way through my notes. Again, this might be a little bit shorter show than in the past. I know I did take more notes or have more bullet points on this game than I did the Jets game. So um, there might be more to break down. I might be a little scattered all over the place, you know what I mean, here on the Detroit Cooley cast. We don't just break down the game play-by-play play or in sequence. Sometimes I'm all over the map. But uh, just trying to give you my thoughts when I turn the tape back on and watch this game, things that jumped out to me, things I noticed, all that type of stuff. So, again, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Let's just dive right into this thing and get this Kool-Aid rewind going. So the Lions got beat up against the Jets, Monday Night Football. You know, everybody's up in arms. Now they got to go to the West Coast to play San Francisco. Like, going into this game, 
I mean, everybody's like, man, San Francisco, they really don't have any playmakers. I know they had some injuries at that point to their, uh, you know, Jarrett McKinnon, the running back they brought over from Minnesota, they just thought was going to catch a million footballs and be dynamic. Had already, I think he had a torn ECL out for the year. And then I think even uh, Godwin, their receiver on the outside, was out for this game. So not too many weapons. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody's pretty high on him. But I know me and Grifka and others were kind of like, ah, you know, he's not that great. Um, <laughs> that type of thing, but, um, you know, he does have some upside, you know, he's, he's played well when he's out there. I think what happened last year, uh, he didn't lose a game or something like that and then got the big contract. So, you know, Jimmy G, everybody had some high expectations for him, but who the heck was he going to throw to, or how was he going to beat the lions? You know, we thought we were going to head out there after a bad loss and kind of take care of this thing. So that's just kind of the preview of it. Now diving in, let me just work through some of these notes here that I wrote and we'll kind of talk them through as I go. So the first bullet point I have in this football game is I put annoying flag pickup on the first drive for San Francisco. Now what happened is the Lions were kind of making a first downs, moving the football, and then the San Francisco defender basically like suplexes one of our guys on a tackle they throw a flag it's going to be 15 yards and move this ball farther down the field get us basically um, either in scoring position or a much better chance to get points here early in the football game what do they do man right back to Grifka's old uh, going rewinding the clock Dallas Cowboys Pittsburgh Steelers like San Francisco used to be one of the glory teams it's not anymore and they still get together and they say oh never mind no flag like I will never understand this from NFL refs. Like, how in the heck do you have the wherewithal to watch a game, see a penalty, reach your hand and grab a yellow flag, toss it out on the field, um, get together with the other umpires and say, oh, wait, never mind, uh, that was an accident, or we're picking up the flag. Like, you obviously saw something, and on this play, it was obvious. The guy, like, lifted our guy up and just threw him backwards. Uh, you know, that gets called in every other football game, especially in the NFL these days, and they say no flag. Then what happens? The next little bullet point I wrote down, the next play, I think, was third and three. What do we do? We shoot ourselves in the foot, don't get it, have to punt the football. Like, I mean, those are the type of things that... Grifka harps on a lot, and I get after him for it, but, I mean, picking up flags is one of my pet peeves. I, I never understand it, especially when it happens against the Lions <clears throat> in Dallas with everything on the line, or like here, where we're trying to get some momentum, you just, oh, I was just kidding, I just threw the flag for no reason, like, it's just... It's just ridiculous. Like, there's no place for it in the NFL. If you, if you threw a flag, you saw something, just make, make the call. So, working our way down, I mean, I put uh, Jared Davis and Kennard really uh, seemed to look good in the beginning of this football game. J.D. was flying around. Him and Kennard, I think, both had some sacks early, which is always good to see. You know, our linebackers shooting shooting his gun, getting after the quarterback and uh, making plays. And then Kennard, you know, from, I think he had a couple plays in the Jets game that were nice. And then he here he picks up again with another uh, sack early in this football game. So, that was nice to see. I put a little note here, Chris Spielman on the call of this game. <laughs> Chris Spielman, um, you know, they're hyping up Robbie Gold, you know. Just uh, this guy never misses kicks. So uh, Spielman had a classic quote, gold, it's gold, Jerry, it's gold from classic Seinfeld. So I thought that was funny. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Chris Spielman, when he gets all hyped up about something and goes after it on the commentary, is pretty awesome. So um, next thing I had was, I just thought it was a crazy good... You go back and watch this game. I mean, 
the Lions go ahead and put points up. First points uh, to go on the board, I believe, in this game. A crazy good effort by Kenny Galladay on the TD catch. He gets a ball. I think it was a broken coverage where they just didn't cover him off the line. It's one of those where Stafford just has to basically put the ball on him or make it catchable. He throws it, you know, puts it in Kenny's wheelhouse. He makes the catch, but he probably caught it at the the 12, 15-yard line, something like that. I mean, there's there's guys humming over there to make the tackle. He makes a spin move and absolutely fights and then reaches with everything he has, man, everything in that 6-4 frame to uh, reach this ball uh, kind of over the pylon while he's getting turned around out of bounds. I mean, it was great. If you, if you don't remember that play, you got to go back and check it out because uh, the stretch, the rack, the run-after catch was incredible. Again, just a an absolute perfect you know, play to show the, this guy's athleticism and show what he's got um, early on in the season, and we'd see it throughout the year, so that was pretty great. <sighs> Next bullet point I got from this game is Ed Hercules Jr. Man, he sucks too, man. Just like uh, Hercules the the first, uh, Ed Hockley, man, always drove me nuts with his baby gap shirts, his stupid... Uh, <laughs> like motions he would make when he'd make calls. Remember when he'd make calls and he would just have like a 10-minute diatribe and it was like, come on, man, you could have made that penalty in like three words and instead he's he's given us all this mumbo-jumbo. I mean, his son is just as bad. I mean, flags all over the field, just the same type of temperament or demeanor, just annoying right off the get-go. I mean, I got a couple more bullets about the refs, which we'll get to later, just... This was an absolute atrocity game for the referees. Just yellow flags everywhere. Um, another note I have here is why are the Lions so bad inside the 10, but even more so inside the 5? It feels like we have no plays that we can draw up to throw the football inside the 5. We don't have any gadget plays like these other teams. We always get down deep, and then we just go vanilla offense. We stall out. I remember it was like three, four years ago. We were tremendous in the red zone. I mean, top five in the league. Now it feels like inside the five or ten, we just have nothing on the play sheet, have, can't do anything, and it's just embarrassing. So I had another note. I think the Lions stalled out again tight where they should have had a touchdown. Um, I got 10-7 San Francisco here in the second, uh, heading into the second quarter. Um Third down, again, an important, super important play in the NFL. Matt Stafford misses open Theo Riddick and throws the ball to Tate instead and just a bad throw. I mean, I haven't talked about it much, but I thought Stafford was, you know, really good throughout this game. But this was one of those throws where he just, not only did he make the wrong read because he didn't see Theo wide open, he just doesn't put it on Tate, and, you know, again, third down, 10 minutes left in the second quarter, we're punting the ball away, so, I mean, those are the plays he has to make, you got to move the chains on third, and if you're going to throw it to somebody, he's got to get better at putting the ball on them, so these guys can run after catch, so they can uh, not always be falling down or trying to make these crazy catches, I mean, the accuracy has to be there, and it wasn't on this play. Uh, I thought Deshaun Hand showed up in this game. Uh, he showed up early. I thought he had um, a couple like really good pushes where he pushed the pocket and got after the quarterback. 
he also had a, a few tackles for loss where he just kind of blew up the play in the backfield and made the tackles. So this was, again, kind of his first coming out party where we had known, okay, we, we traded up to get this guy. He used to be a five-star number one player in the country when he was coming out of high school. Everybody was kind of down on him in college. You know, there was mixed reviews. Some really liked him. Some thought he was way too slow and unathletic to be good in the NFL. I mean, this is the first sign that that was a good trade-up by Bob Quinn. And, man, we all know, watching the rest of the year, that this guy was the highest-graded interior-type um, tackle by uh, Pro Football Focus. And, man, he was just really good throughout the year. So um, I wanted to make a note there that he uh, he made plays early and, and often that showed up throughout the season. So that was good to see. Oh, man, this was, a, this was one of those plays – Matt Stafford fumbles the football on third down. I felt like he, he had GT right off the go, but when I watched it back again, I kind of rewound this play, and it was questionable. Like I felt like it was one of those half bootlegs where he could have got it out to him quick, but they were kind of sitting on the route again. You know, not very imaginative, so it felt like the defense sort of knew what we were going to run on third and short. He doesn't get the football out. He's, he rolls out, and then he just... He just puts the ball on the turf. He doesn't tuck it away. I don't know what he was doing. He doesn't throw it away. Just one of those in-between plays. Just oh, too many of these from Matt Stafford recently. I mean, just throw the ball away and get off the field or make a play like all these other quarterbacks do, but don't get caught in between and then put the ball on the ground loosely. It was just it was pretty inexcusable, to be honest. I mean, and then the side note I put, it was on our own 17. I mean, it's one thing if you turn the football over midfield or when you're in the other team's territory, but don't turn it or turn it over sloppily on R17 and give them a short field. <sighs> so after that, there was a sack by Eli Harold on third down, which was a big play, so that kept them from getting in the end zone. Um, I think uh, they ended up getting three there again. Robbie Gold just splitting the uprights every play. I have here in big, bold print, which, again, this won't be the last time I mention them, refs calling everything absolutely terrible is what I put. I mean, flags all over the field, just random holding calls, and then they show the replay, and there's nothing to be found there. I mean, just frustrating, no doubt about it. Um, I have here that Stafford had a throw, would have been a TD, Again, a miss. And and this was the one up top to Marvin Jones. I mean, he missed multiple throws in this game, more which I'll get to as I work my way through. But this was an up ball up over the top to Marvin Jones. He had beaten his guy by a few yards. Matt Stafford doesn't put the ball on the guy. He throws it three yards too far. You know, to me, when you're throwing these deep balls, just put it on these athletes. Don't throw it too far to where it's incomplete or uncatchable. I mean, put it on and let them jump, let them catch and run, let them do whatever they got to do, but don't throw it too far to where it, nobody can get it. Like, I mean, trust your receivers a little bit more. So, huge miss. Would have been a touchdown. Would have been a deep touchdown. Matt Stafford airmails the football again, puts his hands on his helmet, you know what I mean, like he always does. Like, come on, buddy. So, I think it was the year before or two years before, he was the top-rated passer on deep balls. Everyone says he's great at deep balls because he has a cannon for an arm. But I feel like the last year or some years in his career, he's been terrible on deep balls. I mean, it's hit or miss with this guy, so he's got to tighten that up, no doubt about it. 
So I have here, there's six seconds left. We had put a drive together. We're down in their territory. Real tight down. I don't have the yardage here, but I want to say we're either inside the 15, maybe even inside the 10. Six seconds left, and Matt Pat decides to kick it. I wrote here, run one more play. I mean, he has a timeout in his pocket, too. Like, what are you doing? Like, six seconds. I could see if you're back in, like, the 40. You know what I mean? That, yeah, maybe you can't run a sideline ball and get out of bounds, you don't think, but you can throw the ball in the end zone for a possible touchdown in three, four seconds and still go ahead and kick a field goal, especially when you have a timeout. I mean, you could still almost run a slant, catch it, call a timeout in six seconds. So I thought this was a coaching mistake by Matt Pat. I thought it was just a what-are-you-thinking type of moment. I mean, if you have no timeouts, okay, I'll go with it. But timeout in your pocket, six seconds, you're within a quick strike, you know, an out or a slant or a fade for a touchdown, and you don't take a chance there. Yeah, I thought it was a week. I thought it was, um, you know, just that conservative football. It will just take the field goal, and uh, that's what loses you games in the NFL. So 13-10 San Francisco at the half. Uh, I have here, I mean, a big return by San Francisco to open the second half. Again, special teams sort of letting us down, let them break one off. I want to say they got out to about midfield or so. Next thing you know, T to Selleck, uh, making it 21-10 with that San Francisco drive. They go ahead and kick the ball off, and I have uh, just an awesome return here by Agnew, so he answered and took the football right back um, on San Francisco. I got here again in big bold print, a million flags, big bold letters. Um, you know, Lions get hit with two or three penalties, you know, when they had the ball in good position, brings them back to first and 27. I mean, are you kidding me? How does that happen except with Ed Hercules Jr. There is the referee. Just garbage. Uh, I have here Tate had some drops. I mean, I remember early in this football game, Golden Tate was making some nice plays, run after catch, little things like that. But I think I had two or three drops that he had throughout this game. So that's not something you normally see from him. But he definitely dropped a few. I think one or two at least would have moved some chains too. So that hurt us. Uh, overall, though, throughout this game, as much as I said he missed on the deep balls and I hit on the uh, fumble that was terrible, I mean, overall, Stafford seemed good. I mean, nearly good to great in this game, especially, you know, better than he was against the Jets. Uh, next bullet I have, Matt Burita busts off a 70-yard run. It was embarrassing. I mean, again, Ricky Jean, the guy that uh, we grew to love here for some of his comments, but... Um, felt like he was sealed off, got ran out of the play, opened up a big hole, and Breed just kind of creased us and then ran for an extra 20 that he shouldn't have where our safety or corner was trying to get him to the ground. He just, you know, 70-yard run is big in the NFL. I mean, that's that's just, can't have that happen. I got a note here that's 27-13 after I think they punched it in there. And uh, this is where good old Grifka quits on the team. I mean, he was probably done by halftime, to be honest. But here in third quarter, he just had quit on the Lions. They're not good enough. They can't win. So I had to block him from my phone, I think. And then that's the next day or when we did the review of this podcast when I had to go at him hard about quitting on his team. And game two and the third third quarter of game two, I mean, it's just unexcusable, especially for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast to pull that garbage. So, you know, you, you guys know Grifka by now. I mean... The sky is falling. Everything's negative. So that was the first sign I'd seen from him where it was like, what are you kidding me, man? They're still in this game, and you're just 
giving up even though it's not looking that good and I told him I remember telling him on that text I was like watch him come back and win this football game oh yeah whatever they they can't win they're not good enough I was just like man this is the same team you had with 10 11 12 wins a week ago so next bullet I had I mean Matt Stafford missed Marvin again on a deep ball you know either would have been a big play or another touchdown overthrew it again Uh, next significant play, 10 minutes left in the game. <clears throat> Matt Stafford, they're putting a little drive together. He runs out to the right side there. Um, you know, trying to get a first down, but also just trying to get a couple extra yards. Um, tiptoes up the sideline, gets knocked down by the defense. I mean, just seemed like a pretty regular play. I mean, yeah, they hit our quarterback, but he, I think he was still in bounds or it was really close, so I didn't think much of it. LeGarrette Blunt goes and just shoves the guy, gets thrown out of the game. I mean, everybody was like, oh, way to protect your teammate. I mean, when I watched it back, I just thought, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was trying to make a statement or something, but it didn't seem that egregious where he had to make a statement like that. It was just football. You know, our guy was tapping the sideline and the defender went and just took care of him, you know, not a big deal, Stafford didn't really react to it, um, like I say, LG DQ'd, maybe that helped the team, who knows, right after that, I think it was the next play, they go to GT for a huge play, I think it was over a 50-yard catch, where he catches it, kind of on a deep ball, say probably 25-30 yard catch, and then he runs for another 20, doing what GT does, so that was nice to see, um, Soon after that, we get a Marvin Jones touchdown. Nice throw by Stafford, the back of the end zone. You know, guy was pretty open, but he put it on him, which is a good thing to see. If I'm going to rag on him sometimes for the misses, you got to give him credit when he puts the ball on people. Um, that makes it 20 for our Lions. Uh, I got 30 here for the uh, San Francisco with eight seconds left in the third. Um, next thing you know, San Francisco is punting the football. I mean, Jamal Agnew, okay, so in his rookie year, you know, I remember hearing about him through Daniel Jeremiah. It was like, man, this Agnew kid, I think he's out of San Diego State. You know, he's got some speed. He's got some juice. You know, he's under the radar, though. So I, like, knew his name going into the draft. I kind of had him highlighted, but I wasn't sure what he was because I don't think he was a very good corner. I mean, but he had some other skills that were nice. The Lions take him, you know, didn't play much at corners rookie year, but really did flash. Uh, in the punt return game, as well as, you know, some offense they put him on. I think he made the Pro Bowl. Here we go, man. They punt it, and uh, Jamal Agnew takes it to the heezy. Uh, absolutely incredible punt return um, to the house. What a huge play for the Lions. Oh, oh wait. More flags on the field. Two questionable, I want to say they called two questionable block in the back or holding. I went back and watched it two or three times. I mean... Again, I'm drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid, but to me, these were not penalties. I mean, the NFL refs throw a flag, if not multiple flags, on every kick, every punt, every uh, special teams play these days. It's absolutely ridiculous. This was an incredible return by Agnew. It should have been seven for our Lions. They pulled off the board. I mean, what are you going to say? Just, again, the refs coming up, uh, making themselves the stars in this football game, no doubt about it. Uh, another note I have, I mean, Lions got it. I think I want to say it was either midfield or their, you know, decent field position on their end, but definitely they took this thing way back instead of a touchdown. We probably had it on our 35-yard line, something like that. Next thing you know, Matt Stafford misses Kenny Galladay for what I said would have been a touchdown. Um, just another missed throw. 
You know, Stafford knows it. We all know it from watching this game, but that's three now that he's missed in this game. Uh, even after missing that play, though, they kind of bing, bam, boom, keep going down the field. Next thing you know, Matt Stafford to Big Mike. Been looking for Big Mike Roberts, the guy I liked in the draft process. Big hands, big target. Thought he'd be a master or a monster, sorry, in the red zone. He hadn't shown up uh, much, but in this game, he gets a nice touchdown late in the game. Three minutes, 30 seconds left. Next thing you know, it's 27 Lions, 30 San Francisco. I mean, this is looking like a incredible comeback. You know, Stafford again, even with the missed throws, his numbers in this game are incredible. He's uh doesn't have many incompletions, got some good yards. Now he's racking up some late touchdowns. You know, the naysayers, the Grifkas of the world are sitting there going, oh, yeah, see, they just come back after they're down by a bunch like they always do, and I'm ready to shove this in his face because he quit. At the beginning of third quarter, and here come our Lions, only down three. I mean, they go ahead and uh, boot the ball deep. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, coming out there. I want to say the Lions had a couple timeouts. You know, next thing you know, I want to say it was second down. Uh, Jimmy G just hikes it and throws this ball out to the left side. You know, a little stick route, little out route, whatever it was, and Tracy, Tracy Walker jumps this route, makes an incredible play, just read it from the get-go, jumps this route, pick. I mean, I remember watching this live going, score! Like, there was no way he couldn't score. He picked this ball. I thought there was nobody in the screen. He ran, but instead of just going to the pylon or diving for the end zone, he cuts it back and uh, gets tackled at, like, the inside the five or just outside the five, something like that. <sighs> and there's a flag on the field. I mean, you want to talk about garbage. These referees just ruling this football game. So instead of this incredible play by the rookie, this Tracy Walker that nobody knew who the heck he was, he jumps this route, almost gets a pick six that would have basically won us the game. Even though I rag on him, T-Walk, you got to get this one to the house, man. you gotta, you got to be dancing in the end zone on a play like this. Instead, he gets tackled, but they bring the football back, and they call some random halfway holding call on Quandre Diggs on the other side of the field on George Kittle. You go back and look at it. I mean, it looks like every other play in the NFL for the first few yards. Yeah, they're basically hugging each other. And then he lets them go. And it's not even like Jimmy G was looking around or that the play developed. I mean, it was set hike, throw it out to the left, and our guy makes a play, and they bail him out with this garbage holding, you know, other side of the field, no impact on the play. I mean... Oh, I just shake my head, man. It was just one of those where you just couldn't believe it. Just felt like you got to be kidding me because uh, it would have been a great comeback. We win this game if they don't throw that flag. There's no doubt about it. You know, we get it inside. We probably pound it in with carry-on or, or Matt Stafford throws. would have been, what, his fourth touchdown. I think he had over 300-some yards in this game. Would have looked great as a great comeback for Stafford and the Lions. You know, they do end up getting the football back and had a minute with no timeouts. And, uh... You know, they just they just don't get it done. I have right here, you know, they took Kenny G uh, catch off the board. Stafford threw it to him. It looked like he made a heck of a catch, you know, but it was one of those where did it touch the ground, did it not? Well, they go back and look at it, and of course, like, they gave the call to the Jets in that first game here against our Lions. They call it no catch, even though it was unclear, and they called it a catch on the field, I believe. So one of those where it's just like, you know, Every time, what do they harp on? You know, we, we stay with what's on the field if it's unclear. Yet for 
all the times when it's our Lions, it feels like, well, we know we called it a catch on the field, and it was sort of clear, but not really, but we'll, we'll, we'll overturn it anyway, and basically cost them the game. So um, they call that no catch. I want to say it was a t- 12, 15-yard ball, too. Um, would have moved the sticks. They call it no good. Next thing you know, um, Matt Stafford throws a, a ball to Theo, just absolutely drops it. I mean, it was an easy catch. Should have should have made a play on that. I just put big drop and big bowl letters. And then I think it was the final play of the game. You know, third and some yardage, or fourth down, some yardage. And uh, Stafford to Theo again. Another drop ball game. Lions lose by three after an incredible comeback. West Coast, East Coast team going west, as Griffka would say, automatic loss. It did end up being a loss, but this was definitely one of those games where the Lions dug themselves a hole. Griffka quit on the team. I hung in there. They made a huge comeback. They should have won this football game if it wasn't for Hercules Jr. and these refs. And, of course, Matt Stafford makes even one or two of those deep ball touchdowns. It's a whole different game. So 0-2 for our Lions here on the Kool-Aid Rewind. I mean, real disconcerting having to eat another loss here. Um, Two in a row on the road, having to um, come back home against New England here for Game 3. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I mean, just kind of working my way through going solo, uh, trying to give you a good uh, solid game review, just basically talking football. You know, trying to remember this game and, and talk it through with the Kool-Aid drinkers out there. So, with all that being said, I'm going to close up this Kool-Aid cast. I uh, appreciate everybody listening. You know, went solo both times this week. We'll check in and see if we get Grifka back for next week or what's going on with the, uh, the podcast. But uh, next week, our plan is to uh, have Chuck on. Again, I talked about it last show. He's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I thought it'd be fun to get him in and get a different voice for uh, that Lions-Cowboys game. But uh, we'll start you off next week with uh, that Pats game. And we'll talk about what happened there. I mean, I think that would be a much more fun podcast to talk about. I'm really looking forward to watching that game again and taking some notes and remembering uh, what happened in that game. And then we'll talk about us heading down to Jerry Dome to uh, play the Cowboys. So, again, appreciate everybody listening. Please check out this podcast. Um, please share it with a friend. Please uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I know recently a lot of you know um, we've had an ad or, or two that you'll be hearing in the podcast. That's just something new that we're uh, trying so we can keep growing this thing and keep it going. So we appreciate everybody's support so much. And uh, like I said, drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid, it's the off season. We're putting uh, 2018 behind us with some of these Kool-Aid rewinds. And then we're going to be trying to build this team up through free agency and the draft. So super exciting time for the Lions. Can't wait to break it all down this off season heading into 2019. So thank you everybody for listening. Have a great week. Keep your eyes open for that bonus episode this weekend where I'll probably be talking uh, senior bowl and uh, we'll catch you guys all next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Drink it in, man.